0: Hello, lovers. I'm your host, Briz Taylor, and I'd like to welcome you all to my podcast, Seeking Sovereignty, a show where I chalk it up with folks about their journeys and practices of being spiritually sovereign. If it's one thing I know, it's that I know nothing at all. Join me as I leave no stone unturned, uncovering all the darkness that brings us to the light and my journey to finding my soul family. I hope you enjoy Seeking Sovereignty. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Seeking Sovereignty. I'm your host and creator, Briz Taylor, and today we're going to be doing an episode on the unseen and the in-between. Both are really, really transformative points in my life, and I feel like right now is really a good time for me to share and be vulnerable, as I find that the holidays and different things that are happening amongst the world, the moons, whatever you want to call it, it's kind of like a collective emotion, and I think it's you know really important for me to share my story. So much of this podcast has been me really wanting to highlight other people's journeys to sovereignty without kind of honoring my own and being vulnerable, and I'm going to ask different people, sometimes strangers, to show up and be vulnerable with me, and I think it's only fair in time that I do that for you all. I want to take this back a couple of months. Um, I've recorded an episode on vulnerability and I never released it. This episode was me talking about my journey to sobriety. Uh, it's definitely an episode I think that I'll do at some point, but I know that there was a reason I didn't release it when I did. Right around this time, and I still, you know, release a couple episodes, but right around this time, things start to become very, very overwhelming for me time-wise. I'm running this podcast. I have two jobs. I'm a full-time student, and my son starts kindergarten. Not only that, but do I leave my very comfortable job of two years to quit and start this cafe job that would kind of work better with my son's schedule. So it was just all very like transformative. Around this time, I get into a relationship. And this relationship is really profound for me in my journey and this story, and I think that trying to juggle it all was just a lot for me. So at the time, what I decided to do is I kind of, like, put the the podcast on the back burner, and I take a step back from one of my jobs, my bar job. So my bar job, I work six shifts a month, and I cut it down to three. And that actually helps tremendously when it comes to all the doubles that I was doing weekly. It gave me a little bit more time. This time it gave me, though, I found that I just wanted to spend it with my family and friends and the people that I loved. It wasn't really a space where I wanted to do homework, or I wanted to get the house clean, or I wanted to do homework with my son. It was, I just wanted to chill. And although this is really good, sometimes it can, you know, take you off course. So in the process of me doing all of this i'm still just doing a lot you know i find that i do the most sometimes for everybody else which leads me to a couple of weeks ago so a couple of weeks ago this relationship ends and this relationship ends and i kind of take it as like a sign of like you know it's better to have loved than lost and what's so special and powerful about this moment is that I find that I'm not kind of grieving this relationship the same way as I have with other relationships in the past. It was definitely a space for me to recognize my growth mentally um, or what I thought was growth mentally. And uh, I keep on pushing, you know, and I'm actually doing okay mentally. And I go to work one Saturday and I'm writing down an order and all of a sudden I get really lightheaded room starts spinning I can hardly hear what these people are saying to me like I can't process what they're saying to me it was all very very scary for me and I've had issues in the past with seizures and passing out and things like that so uh, the idea of something like that happening kind of almost sends me in this anxiety spiral worse when my sugars start to drop so I end up going to urgent care and they tell me that My blood pressure is low. My blood sugar is low. Um, I'm dehydrated. I'm low on iron. I have a slight UTI. There's so many things. And I realized so quickly, like it was this slap in the face that was like, I'm not taking care of myself physically. Although I'm doing so well mentally, or I think I'm doing well, physically, I'm not taking care of myself at all. I'm not feeding myself. I would rather drive across town to feed somebody else than to feed myself. And that's just the way that I am. I am so worried sometimes about figuring everything out for other people. I sometimes forget that it's important to take care of myself also. So I start to really notice that I hadn't been eating. And so I really start, you know, paying attention to that. It's like, okay, so now I have to start integrating different iron and and different vitamins, and I have to eat. I have to eat. I have to remember to eat. And, you know, the time keeps pushing. But as the time goes on, I start to realize that physically I'm not doing okay because I'm just not happy with where I'm at. I remember months ago saying to my partner like I, I made all this money this week and I have no idea what to do with it and it was such a weird spot to be in because I think and I talk about this with some of my friends sometimes is we think we want financial stability and a lot of us in the restaurant industry or whatever um, who have kind of been successful in it and we make a lot of money really quickly But just don't have the time to spend it. Uh, It just doesn't seem as fulfilling. It was almost like I was reaching to spend money. Because I was so unhappy, I'm like reaching to go on these trips. I'm reaching to go do this. I'm reaching to go do this just because I can. Because I'm searching for something that will fulfill me. But it's just not this. And so in my mind, I'm already kind of like, this is not what I want to be doing. I want to be focusing on my podcast I want to be doing and selling art. Uh, I want to be decorating houses, I want to do florals, I want to do event planning and event bartending and all of the things that kind of creatively fill me up. And the cafe job that I decided to take started kind of, you know, showing me that it just wasn't maybe for me. So this brings me to last week. I quit my job. I put my two weeks in. Now I put my two weeks in emotionally for sure, but I knew that it was the right thing to do. Uh, the reason I knew it was the right thing to do is after I put in my two weeks, like moments after there was this incredible weight lifted off of me. There was no anxiety around the situation. There was no kind of like, Oh shit, what did I just do? it was really like, oh, I've been like harboring this and I've been staying in this job that really wasn't making me a whole lot of money, but it worked well with my schedule with my son and I had a lot of love and respect for my boss who I worked for. Uh, Shout out to Bakersfield downtown business owners who really give a shit about Bakersfield. Uh, And it caused me to want to work for her, but it, it really just wasn't aligning with what I'm in this industry for. So I put my two weeks in and shortly thereafter, you know, I have a conversation with an old lover where it's kind of this really big chapter that's ending and notoriously in my life, things happen in threes. I think the first time I really noticed it happening in threes was when my little brother passed away when I was 21 And it's almost like the universe, like, showing me these signs that something is going to happen. So, I go through a... This is back when I'm 21. I go through a breakup. My dog gets taken away from me, which if anybody knew me and my dog Jaja, it was um, a really, really crazy point. Like, it didn't really need to happen. And then my little brother passes away. So... It was all of these really transformative things, and uh, there was definitely a lot of rock bottoms in the years coming after that happened with me. Years later, um, I go through another rock bottom. I you I have a couple friends die from fentanyl overdose. I you know go back on anxiety medication, and I just kind of lose myself again, and my world blows up. All in threes. So this time is not to be, you know, too surprising. But a couple of days ago, it just really hit me. And in these moments of me being really emotional and really sad, of grieving different things that have happened lately, I am incredibly lucky To have made the money that I've made in this industry. I'm incredibly lucky to have loved and to be loved by the people that um, I am loved by and I've gotten the chance to love. I have a home that's very affordable for me, uh, even in rough times. I have, you know, a car. I have all of the things, right? But it's just really heavy. Things start feeling really, really heavy for me. Because again, I'm just avoiding everything. I'm avoiding feeling the things that I need to feel and grieving the things that I need to grieve. And it all just smacks me in the face. And it's really hard for me sometimes because of the unseen. I think a lot of the times people see this powerful woman this motivational woman if you know me you know that I'm probably trying to help you in some way I'm trying to figure out how we can better your life I'm trying to um, just be of service to everybody around me but what people don't see is those moments of sadness and sorrow and trauma that I have to go through to get to those spaces. In these spaces, I feel very alone um, and very emotional and very dark. Now with me, I'm very dismissive avoidant style of handling things. I will dismiss and avoid, dismiss and avoid, dismiss and avoid until it all kind of comes to the surface. And I've recognized that about myself. But what's crazy is I didn't recognize that about myself this last time. I really thought, wow, like I am handling this so incredibly well and I am you know, just I just keep going and things just keep falling into place. But they're not anymore. And so you can see me on social media and you can see things like me posting about quitting my day job and all of the funny, you know, uh, responses and stuff that I got back on that. But in reality, I was kind of just like fighting my mind, you know, uh, fighting what I was truly feeling, which was unhappy which is hard for me because I strive so so much to kind of fake it till you make it. And I really do still firmly believe that. Uh, you, you do got to fake it till you make it. But that brings me to this season. Behind me and the reason I wanted to record in front of the Christmas tree today was because of how hard it is every year for me to put up the Christmas tree. I have... You know been single since I was three months pregnant and um, you know my son has never met his father so with that being said when things like carrying the Christmas tree up the stairs or putting the Santa on top of the tree comes and I can't physically reach or hold my son up to get him to do it. It's really hard for me. Um I shared with a friend cuz sh- she had posted how she put her tree up. Maybe we'll get to the ornaments the next day and I thought it was really ironic and funny because you know, we had the tree and I got it up the stairs and I want to thank my friend Kelsey for helping me get it up the stairs and get it in the stand. But, you know, on that same night, I had gone grocery shopping. So I had to put all the groceries away, which is hard. Because while I'm putting them away, my son wants to eat the entire time. (laughs) Or just, like, kind of bug. And so that's really overwhelming. And he's really excited about the Christmas tree. And you know, I kind of just had like a menti b, a mental breakdown in the kitchen a little bit because I was like, God, I'm just so tired of doing this alone. I need help, you know, like I need somebody to help with the Christmas tree so I can put the the, the groceries away or vice versa. And I just don't have that. Um, and most of the time in my life, I'm okay with being alone or being a parent alone or or doing this thing alone but there are some times that are really hard for me to be a single parent and you know it comes out during the holidays during the holidays it's also very hard for me because at the same time of being alone and and uh not having help This is a time when I really know that if my little brother was alive, that he would be there to help me. And uh, my little brother was an incredible little boy. He died at 17, a couple weeks before his 18th birthday. But He was an incredible little boy, but he was an even better uncle. And I'm so happy and grateful that my nieces got to know him and be loved by him but it doesn't make it any easier that my son does not get to have that. And I know that in a heartbeat, if I said like, Steven, you know, come over and come help me put up this Christmas tree or come help me with your nephew because he's freaking bugging. He would have been right there. And so it's kind of this like really hard day for me. And so the next day rolls around where I decide to decorate the tree and put the the lights on the tree. Because I didn't have time to do it the night before. So we decide to do it the next day. And my son wakes up and uh, wants to do it. So we get started. And I start to like take all the ornaments out and organize them because I decide that this year I'm going to be organized when putting up my tree for whatever reason. I want to do like the lights first. I want to like do all the bulbs and then all the specialty ones. So I'm kind of like organizing them all. And we go to start putting on all the bulbs and, you know, I'm already like very overwhelmed and there's a lot of like sensory things happening, which can overwhelm me a lot. I'm learning. So my son decides, which nobody sees this on social media, that he doesn't want to help me decorate the rest of the tree. Now, we had already decorated a little tree in his room, which he has that he gets all of his cutie little kid ornaments on, but there was this moment of, like, I've overwhelmed my kids so much from being impatient, from yelling, from crying, that he doesn't even want to help me decorate this tree anymore. However, for my anxiety levels... It's actually better that he doesn't want to help me. And so these are these really like conflicted feelings that I have around the day that we put the Christmas tree up. Because I'm just such a stress case that sometimes I don't have that in me to chill. I don't have that in me to talk it out. I don't have that in me to come from a place of understanding with my child. Sometimes it's just, I need you to do this right now because this is what's going to help me get through this. But on social media, all you're going to see is a cute video that I posted of the Christmas tree. You're going to see a picture of my son painting a nutcracker because, like I said, he no longer wanted to decorate the tree with me. So I decided to give him a project uh, cause I was feeling guilty, but these are all things that you're not going to see on social media. I think, you know, um, the unseen sometimes is scary to share. If you look back on my personal page a little bit on Instagram, you'll find pictures of me and my son at Disneyland. I took my son to Disneyland by myself for three days. I had never been to Disneyland. I'd been to Disneyland when I was nine years old, but obviously like never been as a teenager or an adult. I don't know anything about Disneyland. I get the park hopper tickets. I do the genie thing. I do everything that you can do. Um, And I have to say it was one of the worst trips of my life. I cried the entire time. Not the entire time, but a lot of the time. I kept having to go to the bathroom, to close the stall, to let it out, and to talk myself off a bridge because I was so overwhelmed and full of anxiety that I just wanted to leave. I had never been in a situation where I had to put my son's well-being and happiness above my own in that way like I had to make myself so super fucking uncomfortable and anxious and just go through it because there's no way that I could have taken my son there and then said nope we're gonna go home now because I just can't handle it so I had to keep going and I did and if you look at the pictures though you know, you might look at them and you might know me and think, oh, she, she just looks a little stoned. She's probably a little stoned. But that's not the case. In fact, I had just been crying the whole time. But that's not what you see on social media. When you see me out in public and you see the bright, bubbly part of me, you don't see the darkness that it took to get there. You don't see the in-between that it took to get there. These in-between times, and, and what I define as the in-between is for me are these really like transformative periods where things happen in threes and my life kind of blows up. And I'm kind of forced to take this step back to like reevaluate my life and what I want to do. But I come out the other side, this this empowered whole new woman. And I know that things in my life are definitely meant to happen. But in the in-between, it's so extremely fucking scary. In the in-between, it's kind of hard to see the end. You know, it's kind of like I'm grasping for that light at the end of the tunnel, but I know it's there. This time, however, it's different for me only because I have the ability and the mental capacity to handle knowing that I'm allowed to be this. Like, I'm allowed to be in the in-between. I'm allowed to be sad. I'm allowed to feel things. However, it's really hard for the people who love me to see me like this. And I know that. The people who love me are used to, one, a pretty damn positive person, for the most part. Uh, I'm human, also, you know, I can't stand stupidity sometimes, so, you know, not all love and light all the time. But to my friends and family who have been there for me over the last 10-15 years, they've had to watch so much trauma. For whatever reason, I'm, I'm in this world to be a soldier. Like I'm in this world to somehow have all of these really traumatic things happen to me and, and to find these beautiful relationships and loved, you know loved ones to only quickly lose them, or to have them not work out. And sometimes that's tiring. And sometimes I don't want to share it with everyone. I know sometimes my friends are tired of the highs and lows that go through my life. And so I I recluse. I think it's a, a really important part of my healing journey to do it alone a lot of the time. But sometimes I don't want to be alone. Sometimes I want to feel as though like my ugly and my scary isn't too ugly and scary for the people around me. But I know that it is. It's a lot for people because it's a lot for me. Um, so I don't want to share it. There's also this really big part of me that's so scared to share my story and be vulnerable and share the really scary parts of my life because I don't ever want people to look at my successes or the things that I have done and say, wow, she went through all that just to to do this. I really want people to look at my successes for what they are. I don't want anybody to look at me as though, you know, I'm this redemption story, even though I, I'm an incredible one. I thank God every day that alcohol is no longer a part of my life. But in these moments, in these really dark spaces alcohol would be very, very easy for me to turn to. I'm not, you know, going to because I know that physically my body can't handle it. But it would be easy. And so now I'm in these spaces of like not knowing kind of what to do with myself. But I do know this since putting my two weeks in at my job I have been able to have my house clean all my bills are paid strangely, like I keep getting these money in this weird way so that my bills are paid I won't have a ton of extra money but my shit's handled I have a fridge full of food I've been eating three meals a day that I'm cooking myself I'm able to do work out of my son's backpack with him when he gets home from school. These are all things that I have been begging the universe to give me back. These are all things that I said were important to me. I said that, like, going out to eat every single meal is not it for me. I want to be able to have time to cook at home because I got to say, like, some of the best food comes out of my kitchen. I... I have time to spend with my son you know from the time he gets out of school to the time he goes to bed I have time for my friends I have time for my embroidery I have time for this podcast I asked the universe for this and I intend to take this space to use it to make an impact I want to be impactful on the city of Bakersfield. I want to be impactful for the wayward kids. I want to be impactful for people on their journey uh, without alcohol. I want to be impactful for people who want to try plant medicine. I want to be impactful for people who might not have a religion but want to talk about God. I want to be impactful for artistry in this town, musicians, musicians painters, the people building things. I mean, there's so many cool things going on. But most importantly, I want to be impactful for the ones who feel like I do during the holidays. Who sometimes can't get their Christmas tree up because they just don't know how. They just don't have it in them. I want to be here for the people who share the same story as me. I think with this podcast, I've been so worried about what guests I'm going to have on here, how I'm going to do it, what my topics are going to be, when in reality, what I find that's so incredible is that whatever I'm going through in that week, whether it be joy, sorrow, I don't know, um, irritability, A lot of people tend to like go through that same thing at the same time. And so I think there's definitely going to be more episodes of me popping on here and and trying to talk about that and talk about my journey to uh, finding my own sovereignty and mental health and um, learning to walk in this world, a brand new person. I say it often, you know, I'm one or two bitches in a day. I wake up a brand new bitch every single day. And while that's a funny joke, it's true. I don't know who I'm going to be day to day. I know that I have a lot of control over my emotions now. But, you know, toxic positivity is a real thing. When I call you, or when your friends call you, or anybody calls you, to talk about how they're feeling and to let you know that they're maybe not doing okay, I think some of the worst advice that somebody can give you is just be positive. Now, there's times where that advice would come in handy. But I was, I was finally sharing with my mom, like how I was feeling. And she just said, well, you got to stay positive. And it's like, well, no, mom, like, it's okay for me to actually feel this way. It's okay for me not to be a hundred all the time. It's okay for me not to be everybody else's support. It's okay for me to ask for help. It's okay for me to be sad. It's okay for me to cry. And these parts of me are what makes my smile more genuine. These parts of me are what make my hugs feel nourishing. When I love you, I don't know how to half-ass it. and I want to share that love with everybody so much so that hopefully other people can learn to love in their greatest way so here is to the unseen that we all go through and the in between it's a beautiful place to be I can't wait to see what's going to come of it. I know I'm going to have endless amounts of time to do the things that I truly enjoy. And for that, I'm grateful. I want to thank you all for listening today. And I hope that this episode reaches a few people and you can share your story with me. I look forward to sharing more episodes with you and can't wait to have our next guest on. I will see you all soon. If you liked today's episode, please feel free to give us a follow and share with your loved ones. You can find out more about us in future episodes on Facebook and Instagram at Seeking Sovereignty Podcast. I'd like to end today's episode with my own little prayer for all of my fellow seekers. Feel free to say it in your head with me. I pray that the path I walk on leads me to discovering the people and places that explore my divinity and my sacred relationship with Source. I claim my power and spiritual energy as the things that are meant for me will come naturally. I embody love and evolution on my journey to being spiritually free. As above, so below. I remain in constant flow. All my love, everyone. Until next time.